0: Hey, it's Scott Petrak with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. Thursday was an eventful day for the Browns. Its quarterback Deshaun Watson settled with the NFL. He'll be suspended for the first eleven games, fined five million dollars, and promptly undergo behavior evaluation and the treatment that follows. Then he and owners D and Jimmy Haslam and general manager Andrew Barry talked to reporters here to discuss it all with me is dave chadowski of go the wkyc morning news Chud, how about that day yesterday huh
1: oh my gosh so of course uh i took yesterday off and i'm off today uh you know murphy's law that that would happen (laughs) but you know the the i'm not in the sports department anymore so you know when uh stuff like that happens i don't have to trot on into Berea unfortunately like you have to I mean I don't say the word unfortunately but you know what I mean yeah you know you, you've just been you, your whole life is on hold waiting for this announcement and that's the way it is in this business but you know that's what we signed up for and that's fine but the bottom line is uh <laughs> you know it was eventually going to happen now I think the the bottom line to all this and we're going to really dive into all of it right but the bottom line to all this is we have clarity now so you know and regardless of what side of the fence you're on At least we know now what's going on.
0: Yeah, certainly from a football perspective, right? I I think there's still some uncertainties regarding, you know, Deshaun Watson's apology or sincerity of the apology and all those kinds of things. Um, And I do want to get into that a little bit. But from a football perspective, you're 100% right. We know how long he'll be out. We know when he'll be back. Um, And now it's about how do the Browns proceed without, you know, their – "Quote unquote," or it's not even "quote unquote." Without their franchise quarterback, right, for the first eleven games of the season, and can they survive and put themselves in a position? Because when we talk about football, it's about going to the playoffs. So, can they put themselves in a position to be in that in contention when he returns, right? And then it's another question whether or not he'll be able to be the same player when he comes back. It's been told it'll be seven hundred days between regular season games, assuming he plays December 4th at Houston, right? And there's 8 million storylines because it's Houston. Um, but, you know, the first question I think from a Browns perspective is, you know, how do you get through 11 games and can you do it with Jacoby Brissett or do you need to make a different move there?
1: It's unbelievable that they open the season in Carolina against Baker Mayfield. And then his first game that he can play is in Houston against the Texans. I mean, come on. Isn't it? I mean, th- this is, this is uh, you know, storybook, you know, I uh, Nick Camino put something out yesterday. I thought it was funny. He's, you know, he's like NFL WWE, you know,
0: yeah, right, I mean, right. <laughs> that, that's so it, funny. It, it feels that way. I know. And, you know, like I'm, well, I'm not really a conspiracy theory guy, but, you know, I believe the NFL pulls strings and they go through, you know, so many iterations of the schedule and they try to set up these matchups, right? They want stories, storylines for these matchups, um, for these games and individual matchups and all that. But, you know, the Carolina, the Baker to Carolina was a possibility when the schedule came out, but it wasn't True. a foregone conclusion, right? And I don't know if the league went around thinking, OK, that, that's going to be a huge week one game. Um, and then I don't think there's any way when the NFL was thinking about how long Watson's suspension was going to be that it would l- land on 11. Like, I really don't – you know, if they, if they didn't want this to be part of it, right, they could have made it week one because they knew he was going to be suspended week one, right, it, back in April or May, whenever the schedule comes out. But, you know, so you put it week 12 and you are thinking, okay, he'll probably be back. And then the fact that it's week – or whatever, it's game 12, right – and the fact that the, they settle on 11, um, you know, I, I do think it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not for Watson. Maybe he's fought really hard to get back to play that game. I don't know. Uh, well, let really, me ask you this. Talk L- about that. L- let me interrupt you real yeah, quick. Yeah. And, and,
1: and I know there's conspiracy theories, but I, I saw someone tweet something about the money, like the fact that he gets to play well, yeah. six games, guarantees something along with the money. Is that, do you know, is that accurate? Cause that, that could have been his camp fighting to make sure that he got back at that point.
0: I certainly think that's a factor. And after the press, the news conferences yesterday, I did go up to Andrew Barry and just say, Hey, I need to know for sure. Is his contract. Like, does this count a year against his contract? And he said, yes, he goes, nothing changes. Um, This is a first year of the five year. And I'm paraphrasing, right? I just asked him. So I knew, Um, but so this is the first year of the five year, $230 million contract. If the suspension were a season, then it would just have moved to the next year. And it would, then the contract would have carried over till 2027. So I'm sure that was a huge point for Watson and settling at all is now he'll be able to become a free agent again in 2027. Right. And he's not tied to the Browns for an extra year, which is huge financially. Right. Who knows what a big time starting quarterback will be making five years from now. Right. It could be 70 million dollars. Um, so I think that was really important. Now, as far as is the dividing line six games or fewer, you know, there's stuff in the CBA about how many games you need to play to, you know, for that year to be invested. Um I think there would have been struggles or conversations, whether or not if it had been fewer games, if it had counted, whether or not the Browns would have um really been stringent about that and said, no, we're not going to count this year. And then it becomes a whole process between the league and the NFOPA. So I, I know that settling at 11 games removed any of those, um, any of that doubt and made it definitive that this counts as the first year of his contract.
1: And let's make something clear here. This was, just so everyone knows, this was not a ruling. This was a settlement.
0: Correct. It was, yeah, they, you know, Sue Robinson, Sue Robinson initial or gave the initial six game suspension, right? In her ruling is a disciplinary officer. The NFL appealed while the NFL is waiting for the appeals, the Peter C. Harvey, who heard the appeal, while they're waiting for him to get, to give a decision. That's when the league and Deshaun Watson reached the settlement. And I fully believe that Harvey was waiting to rule so that his settlement could be worked out because there's benefits to both sides, right? We just talked about one of the benefits to Deshaun Watson, not, and in addition, he gets to play this year, which I'm, I'm sure is important to him from the NFL perspective. The NFL was fighting for, you know, the indefinite suspension of at least a year plus the fine plus the treatment. But if that would have gone through and there's no settlement and that's what Peter C. Harvey had ruled, and there's a really good chance the NFOPA would have sued. And then Great. you have all that, right, all that all that goes along with it. Does stuff get released? Is there, de- are there depositions? You know, does he play while this goes through court? You know, all those things that I think the league is better off avoiding. Yes. Um, it, basically, I mean, from the easiest thing is that this story now fades a little bit. It's never going to go away. But it fades as opposed to being a headline every day until there's final resolution and that final resolution appeared to come yesterday with the settlement
1: yeah so to expand on what you're saying there and and believe me there are no winners in this uh no, nobody nobody wins right. but i have to believe in my opinion okay and you just kind of touched on it both sides probably are happy with where they're at when you consider both sides wanted completely different things and, and by that I mean Watson wanted no games right, right and right. the NFL wanted a full year but here's the thing I mean why, why there's no way Watson was going to get no games and then he clearly got six but the NFL obviously they, they were like come on six games and, and and they wanted more than that so what happens here is is that the NFL's this tell me if you think I'm right here I think the NFL's probably sitting there saying all right we wanted a full year but you know what it's kind of our fault that we don't have a better system set up for something like this because technically like sue l robinson mm-hmm. only went six games because of the rules they had set in place right so mm-hmm. maybe the is sitting there going you know what we can handle 11 games and a five million dollar fine I mean, gosh there had to be a fine involved with this right yeah and then
0: yeah, yeah
1: yeah, and then in watson's case he's probably sitting there going." Well, man, this could have been a year. I mean, it would have been two full years. I don't play. You know, it takes longer to get my, you know, my money. You know, and and he's, you know, yeah, sure, he only gets six games, but he's. I, am I right there? I mean, do, yeah. do you feel like both sides are kind of feeling that way?
0: Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I don't have any issue with what you just said, and I, but I also think it's like a lot of negotiations where nobody's completely happy either, right? Like you yes, can live right. with this, but I think the NFL from a I know there's people inside the league that were adamant that Deshaun Watson should not play this year. So those people will not be happy, right? Um, And from a public relations standpoint, I think this has just been bad for everyone involved, including the league, and I'm not sure. I guess an indefinite suspension would have looked better for the league um, from a lot of its critics. But, you know, so then they settled for 11 games yesterday, and obviously this person is biased. Um, but Tony Busby, the attorney for all the plaintiffs in this case, rips the NFL in a statement, right? So, because he feels like they caved, the NFL caved. So, not everybody will be happy, and I think, obviously, Deshaun Watson would have preferred zero or six or eight, right? Um, Less than a $5 million fine. So, nobody's completely thrilled, but I agree with your point that both sides can live with this, Uh, Right. Right. And and I guess that's the bottom line of most negotiations as you know, feels a little seamless to talk about negotiations when there's so many layers to this. Right. And the women have no role. You know, Jimmy hasn't complained that the Browns have no role in these negotiations. Right. It's between NFLPA and the NFL. You know, and obviously Watson is part of that NFLPA side. Um, But, you know, the women had no say in any of this. Right. Once once the civil suits and the you know, the couple of criminal, um, you know, the grand juries, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox here, but the point is, you know, we talk about negotiations, like it's, you know, you're spying a car, but there's a lot of people involved in this. Um, so I just want to make that clear, you know, like we're focused on football and I get it. We're talking about the, the nuts and bolts, um, but this is a bigger issue. Right. And, you know, Deshaun Watson admitted this, at least that there are people triggered by this. Right. And to hear, um, you know the ruling and all that um you know it 's been going on for now five months that there 's a lot of people that this um hits negatively, and you know that obviously continued yesterday help
1: me out with this to try to understand because you know all day long yesterday and and again i I was off and i i I watched as much as I could, I tried sure. to pay attention i did a lot of catching up this morning, but all day yesterday, I kept thinking. The weird thing about this is that his he's saying that he's innocent, yep. but yet then the Browns are saying he needs help. So it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. well, what does he need help for if he's innocent?
0: Yeah, it, it was, you know, we've talked about this, Chud, but <laughs> I left Berea yesterday at about 9.30 at night thinking that that was one of the days I'll never forget, right? And there's some of them, you know, you have a number of those, but not it's not like I got a hundred of them, you know, I forget a lot of stuff, but this will be a day I remember. And because number one, it's a huge news day, right? It's a huge national story. Um, so that's part of it. But then the surprise I had, it's bigger than surprise. The shock I had in hearing Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Haslam in particular, um, in their interviews with the media yesterday, and we're taping this Friday. So that was Thursday. Um, I, I was really taken aback by the tone and by the messages from both those guys. And, you know, it started with Deshaun Watson, who, you know, he gave that apology before the Jacksonville game. Um, you know, he was interviewed by a DD Kinkawala who works for the team, um, you know, and he gave his first apology, in my opinion, his first apology. He, he said, there's no regret. You know, when he said in June, he said, I regret saying in March, I had no regrets because it triggered people that didn't really strike me as an apology um so i felt like last friday before the jacksonville game was watson's first apology it was vague um but it was an apology it, at the time it felt like a step toward getting a settlement with the nfl right because the nfl has been adamant that he needs to show contrition contrition and sue L. robinson in her ruling talked about his lack of remorse and that was an aggregate aggravating factor in her judgment and her discipline. So that's that's what it felt like, right? Um, and you can, you know, it's up to each person to decide if he was sincere or not, but it felt like the timing of it was certainly noteworthy to me. Um, so then for him to come out yesterday and say, Yes, I apologize to all these people, and then say, But I stand on my innocence, I asked him, I go, Well, then what are you apologizing for? Right? And then he gives an answer, you know, I'm apologizing to everyone who's been affected by this. You know, I think, I don't know if he used trigger in that answer, but he's triggered at some point. Um, and then I said, does that include the women that you accused you? And he said, yes, it includes everyone, right? He goes, e- even you, I apologize to everyone. But then his, you know, his agent goes on Twitter and says, know, he he's never admitting any guilt, right? Um, ESPN has a tweet saying the settlement is not an admission of guilt. So if, if you're not admitting any guilt and you're saying you're completely innocent, then what do you have to apologize for? Right. So it, it's, it's, I found it really, um, I don't know, incongruous, you know? And I understand if he wants to, if he wants to proclaim his innocence and he feels he did nothing wrong, I understand that. And I understand the real world part of, I have to move on with my life. In the settlement, I have to admit some kind of guilt or whatever, right? Um, So I I, I understand that. But what I don't understand, and this is to your point, is then why do the Browns keep saying, yes, he's showing remorse, and yes, he's getting better, and Jimmy Jimmy Haslam goes on a rant about second chances. Well, why does he need a second chance if he didn't do anything wrong? So I'm with you. I feel like there's a disconnect. And I do think Dee Haslam, her interview was not perfect by any means. And I thought she she tried to take it from a Deshaun Watson conversation to like a sexual trafficking conversation. And I did not feel that was the right time for that, the appropriate time. Um, You know, this is a Deshaun Watson conversation, right? There's... it, it. Yes, it can, there can be bigger issues in sexual assault, right? And I, the Browns are putting in money, a million dollars. The NFL is putting in a million dollars. Deshaun Watson's fine goes to a fund to help educate kids and um, prevent sexual assault. So I get that. And that's probably another a conversation for another day. But this was a Deshaun Watson conversation. Having said that, I, I thought Dee made one of the better points of the interviews when she said – that counseling takes time and she believes that eventually Watson will, I guess, come to learn that he did do things wrong, right? That's how I interpret it is, hey, he's early into counseling. When he goes through this and is open to it, then his opinion will change. And that's really interesting because obviously Deshaun Watson is not going into it, into any counseling. He's he's talked about, he's already started counseling, right? maybe not the NFL mandated counseling, but he's already started counseling. Um, And he hasn't had a change of opinion, at least that he, that he showed to us yesterday in that public forum, if that makes sense at all.
1: Man, I saw that soundbite from her. And that is some amazing insight by you right there. I think you just, that, that really is fantastic work by you. And I think that will go a long way. I, I think too, is I think Watson just, is also sitting there going, Hey, I wasn't criminally charged. So I didn't
0: do anything wrong. Well, yeah, he right. He referred to that. Um, yeah. Which, you know, we've talked about this on the pod before, Chud. just like he says, the settlements, not only with the NFL, but with 23 of the 24 accusers and civil lawsuits, just like he says, that's not an admission of guilt, which is correct. Just because you're not criminally charged. Does not mean you didn't do something. And You can talk to any lawyer about that. Just because you're not indicted doesn't mean you're innocent, okay? So all that stuff can be true. It doesn't mean he's guilty, but it doesn't mean he's innocent. There's plenty of people not indicted that did what they were accused of doing. Um, So I I just think that, I think it's really interesting. And for him to have the strong stance that he had, doesn't mean he won't change. Doesn't mean counseling won't help. Um, But it's interesting because I feel I feel like the Browns are expecting him to have a shift, right? They have admitted that. And is that shift going to happen in 11 games, right, or however long it is until December 4th? Um, you know, like they have a ton of money invested in here, in Deshaun Watson, right? They're like next five years ride on Deshaun Watson being a great player and being available and being all the things they need him to be. And the face of the franchise, right? And I don't think it's unfair to say right now, having talked to him yesterday, it doesn't seem like he needs, he is where he needs to be. And I think the Browns admitted as much. So, you know, how fast does he get, you know, where they think he needs to be? Or is that just bluster and they don't think it's a big deal because they paid him and they're defending him still? And Jimmy him is real defensive and defiant. And it's all about getting him back on the football field, right? Like there's just so many layers to this and we really got to look at a ton of them during those interviews yesterday.
1: Kind of just a yes or no answer. Cause I, I think you've already answered it, but bottom line, did the Browns look bad yesterday and all this?
0: I think they look terrible. I think Watson looked terrible. I think the Browns look terrible.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, You know, obviously, we didn't know what the final answer would be, but on our last podcast, we ended with, you know, hey, what do you think is going to happen? And we both agreed that it wouldn't stay at six. We both kind of thought we were looking at a year, but we also said that we wouldn't be surprised. We both said, no way would it just be eight because you're not going to go through all this for two more games. So the final answer is 11. And it's an odd number because everyone was always like two right six eight <laughs> ten twelve it's 11
0: yeah must be there must be an odd number bias in the media <laughs> or something because you're right it, everything had been even and I wondered myself well, why would you you know why are we deal with even numbers but um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know I think traditionally suspensions are even numbers Mo- you know most of them are I know that um, like he's allowed Watson's allowed back in the building it's usually halfway through a suspension, but because it's an odd number, they give it to the, they shift it toward the player side. So he's allowed back in the building five weeks into the suspension instead of five and a half or six. Um, so he'll be allowed back in the building October 10th. He can practice practice November 14th. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, he's eligible November 28th, which is the start of that, um, Texans week. Um,
1: and yeah. he, will not play in, he will not play in the preseason. He He's correct. allowed to, but he won't because Stefanski said he won't.
0: Correct. correct. Yeah, he's, okay. he's still got a bunch of snaps yesterday. I was able to get out finally and watch some practice yesterday. Um, and he took a bunch of the second team reps. It was mostly Jacoby Brissett and then Watson. And Stefanski said that'll continue the next two days because these are really valuable practices. And they are trying to get Watson ready, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. counting on him playing. Um, but after this weekend, or after today, really – because he's not going to play Sunday, they're going to not shut him down, but Stefanski said most of his work will come on the side. He's not going to get those reps with the team because then they shift to kind of regular season mode and preparing Jacoby Brissett, preparing, I guess, um, Josh Dobbs or Josh Rosen to be the backup, but we could have another quarterback move, right? Um, But yeah, so he's going to kind of be pushed to the side, still be there, and then on August 30th, cut down day, um, he has to leave the facility for the next, you know, whatever month plus.
1: Yeah. Both of us, uh, you know, Browns fans from a long time ago, our whole lives here, Scott, we, you know, we, we, we've seen it all. And, you know, last year on this podcast, I warned everybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't pencil in 13, 14 wins just because of all the talent. I'm going to warn everyone now, if you're sitting there going, well, if we just, you know, go <laughs> five and six with Jacoby Brissett, then Watson will come back and win every game and we'll be in the playoffs. I mean, first of all, like, I I've, nothing tells me, and we talked about this months ago, I, we, you and I did, and who's to say when he comes back he's going to be fresh and ready to roll and win? I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to win every game just because you plop him out in the field. I, I just want to warn fans, listen, you can play the schedule game all you want, But, you know, this is not going to be easy.
0: No, you're 100% right, Shud. You know, I was thinking about that yesterday. And I wrote a story how, you know, Jimmy Haslam kind of reminded everyone, hey, we still have a good team. Um, You know, they expressed confidence in Jacoby Brissett. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, But, yeah, it's – but the football question is, where do they need to be when Watson comes back, right? You have the issue of, okay, how will Watson play – when he comes back, and that's a big issue, right? Um, what kind of rust, you know, how does he handle the um the reception on the road, which you know is gonna be brutal, just because we saw what was in Jacksonville, and there's nobody in the stadium and they're Jacksonville fans, right? Let alone you go to Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Houston, you know. Um, so how does he handle it? But even if he plays well, right? Where do the Browns need to be um to have a shot? And You know, you're right. There's no way you can count on them going undefeated. That's, to me, that's, you know, absurd to think that. I think if they're six and five when he comes back, then and he can go four and two, um, which doesn't seem like you're asking too much, right? Four and two seems like, okay, it's a reasonable request. Then maybe they get in at ten and seven, right? Like that. That's kind of where I'm putting it is they need to be six and five. Now I know that, that they won't be eliminated if they're you know, five and six or even four and seven, they probably wouldn't be eliminated. But I don't know if nine and seven gets in the playoffs in a stacked AFC. Um, So, you know, I I think it's five and six or six and five, but I I think you, I would feel if you're a Browns fan, way better about six and five, because then you have at least a little cushion and you're not asking Watson to come back after 700 days and go six and oh. You know, against a schedule that I don't – I'm not staring at the schedule, but I i know it includes some AFC North opponents down the stretch.
1: Yeah. I mean, you always end the year with two uh, teams in your division. so yeah. I mean, it's, I'm calling it's it never it easy. right now.
0: I mean, yeah. they come – right, they come back. It's Houston at Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, Washington at Pittsburgh, right? So you got to be playing your best football no matter who's playing quarterback to have a chance to go – you know, whatever, five and one, four and two. Um, So, yeah, I I think those are legitimate points, Chud, that you make for sure. And now the question is, um, not to steal the the host role a little bit, but can they go six and five with Jacoby Brissett or do they need to make a move? What do you think?
1: Uh, You just took the next question I I had for you. I knew I would.
0: (laughs) I knew I wanted to preempt you.
1: Yeah, you got me. Um, Boy, I – you know, the only reason I would say there's a possibility is cuz of those first four games. It's just so and again, you never guarantee a win. And and I just talked about that, but I guess, you know, if if they could go 3 and 1 in their first four games, then, you know, they, they have they have yeah. the, the potential to do that, but um I don't know, man. I oh, 6 and 5, 5 and 6. I'm going to say
0: right now yeah, I'll say four wins right now. Okay. All right. Which is not enough. Which, if that's how you feel, then I think that means you need to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm trying to finish. I've written this column months ago and I've been, you know, fiddling with it, waiting for the actual um, resolution, right? Is it a whole season? Because it's a whole season. If it were to have been a whole season, I would have easily said, you go get Jacoby or you go get Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like it would have been a no brainer to me. Um, But at 11 games, you know, I I think that's kind of the gray area of whether or not you need to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. I I think I'm going to columnize that they should because the season is too important, right? There's too many stars in their prime on this roster too much changes from this year to next year. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo's an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett, a big enough upgrade. Now, I don't know if the Browns agree with me. And in fact, I think they probably don't. And they really like Jacoby Brissett and don't love Jimmy Garoppolo. But, you know, just looking at stats and watching him play, I I like Garoppolo better than Brissett. And even so, even if you're the Browns and you think, okay, we we trust Brissett, what's the backup plan, right? Josh Dobbs isn't going to go six and five. I don't think Josh Rogan's going to go six and five. So, do you go get Jimmy Garoppolo and say, hey, you're coming in as a number two, but we might need you to be the number one, right? Like, I, I think quarterback is so important, and I know Deshaun Watson's going to come back this season, right? It, that's I know that that's what the settlement means, but it doesn't mean you can kind of give away those and giveaways too strong. It do, it doesn't mean you can. It doesn't mean the first eleven games aren't extremely important, and you need to do all you can at the most important position to win those games. Now, the question for me is, do you trade, which means you acquire his $24 million contract, which is too much to pay a guy to maybe be a backup for 11 games? I get that. But can you work out a deal where he takes less money, kind of like Baker did in the trade to Carolina? Or do you wait until the 49ers likely cut him and then try to sign Jimmy Garoppolo? I still think that's a really good plan because, as you said, Chug, do you trust Jacoby Brissett to go six and five And not get hurt because there's not a plan B on the roster right now. So I'm I'm heavily leaning toward um, saying that they should go get Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: I hate doing this, because, but but usually when people do it, it's when the schedule first comes out. But let's do the schedule game real quick here. Um, and, And let's see where we end up. So I got the schedule pulled up here. All right, so Carolina week one, win or lose.
0: They never win their first games, Scott. And and the, the Baker factor, Chud, you can't ignore. It. He is going to be playing at a crazy emotional level. I don't. That doesn't mean he'll play at a great level. He'll be playing at a crazy emotional level. Um, sitting here right now, I would go Carolina. I'm going loss. I agree. Jets win. Yeah. One and one Steelers at home. Yeah, it's a Thursday night. You know, I, I would take the Browns there. <laughs>
1: All right, we'll give them that two and one at the Falcons, three yeah. and
0: one. Yeah, okay. they should win that game, yeah.
1: Okay, because the Falcons are just yeah. not that 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 great. They got uh, a lot of transition going on. Uh so all right, so there we go. I had mentioned earlier three and one. So they go three and one, that's where they need to be. But then home to the chargers. I, I don't think so. I think that's a loss.
0: Okay.
1: You agree? Yes, I agree.
0: They're Four and two. Home to the Patriots. Um I mean, that's a winnable game. Um, I said
1: four and two. They are actually three and two. My bad. So, yeah, three and two heading into the Patriots.
0: Oh, uh, man. Patriot. I mean,
1: I'll I'll be optimistic. Give them a win. All right. So, you're going to go four and two. I'm going to give them a loss and say three and three. All uh, right. Nah, yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I almost have to give them a win there to have a chance when you look to these next two games at the Ravens and then uh, Halloween against the
0: Bengals. I mean –
1: uh huh. Yeah, Do you see him winning either of those two.
0: No, I mean, I, you know, I guess you can say you no, know, they lose in Baltimore, and then you can say, okay, they split the New England Cincinnati games, right? It's a Monday night, okay. Halloween, yep. people be juiced up, right? So that still gets them to four and four, right? That's, that's
1: uh, is that eight games? I think so. Uh, yeah, because no, I mean, that's it's in tough. the bye, that's the
0: bye, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, so so four and four at the bye. So, at Dolphins, at Bills, home to Tampa Bay. And, you you know, you assume Tom Brady's there, but, you know, he's not there right now.
0: That's one and two at best, right? You beat a Miami team that could exceed expectations. Buffalo could be the best team in the league. And Tampa's Tampa. Right? So, so, basically, we're saying that there's they're not
1: going to go six and five. Yeah. There's potential to go five and six, but it also could be four and seven.
0: Yeah, and that's, you know, and I don't know how much – my opinion would change if it were Garoppolo and not Brissett, right? Um, But I think it gives you a chance to win some of those games on the edges, you know, some of those margin games. Can you go in? I mean, they almost went into Baltimore last year and won with Baker playing terrible and the team playing terrible, right? They had four interceptions that couldn't win the game. Um, So, you know, if Garoppolo plays like he did in his best moments with the Niners, right, with a heavy run game and a really good defense, which the Browns have both of those elements, um, I, I think they have a chance to win more of those games. Now, I'm not saying they can't win them with Brissett if they run the ball great and play great defense. I just great think, point, right? I, I just think there's a, I just think Garoppolo's better than Brissett is what it boils down to. Now, if you're the Browns, you have a financial decision to make: is the X number of dollars better, right? Um, and is he helping us if he comes in August 20th, if they made the trade tomorrow? Right? Those are legitimate questions. Um, but I think if you just take a step back and go big picture, to me, it's can we improve our quarterback for 11 crucial games? Because none of it, if Deshaun Watson coming back for six games doesn't matter if the Browns go three and eight, and it probably doesn't matter if they go four and seven, right? So, what can you do to assure you don't do that? And beefing up your quarterback roster, um, to me, is the number one thing you can do. And we've talked about this before, Chud. That when they got Jacoby Brissett, I truly believe the Browns thought the suspension would be no more than six games, and you could live with Jacoby Brissett for six games. Can you live with them for eleven? Is the question.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Great points. And you're right. I mean, listen, we're making predictions now based on how we feel. But if they come out, like you said, and they can just run the ball and their defense is phenomenal and you just have a game manager, hey, we could be wrong. So, right. We'll have to see. We'll yeah, have to it, see how that
0: plays out. Yeah. I don't want to do doomsday. I think that, you know, there's a lot of talent on this roster. There's ways to win games. It just becomes a lot harder when you don't have a Pro Bowl type quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And it becomes a lot harder if you don't, have, if you go from whatever, second level to third level or third level to fourth level, wherever I feel the Garoppolo to Brissett drop-off is. Now, Brissett could play better than Garoppolo, right? Like, I'm not ruling that out. I know the Browns have confidence in him. I had a good interview with Monday We'll Talk Football, and I sat down with Amari Cooper and had a really good interview. And at the end, I asked him about Brissett, and he gave a couple good examples of why he likes Jacoby Brissett, why he has confidence in him. So I, I don't want to dismiss Brissett out of hand, right? I've not I haven't seen him play in a game with the Browns, um, but you watch him in practice. It's not, he's you know he's not special in practice. So it's going to be can he manage games well enough? And I know the Browns he probably manages games better than Jimmy G, um, but does he have the ability to make those whatever it is two three four five plays a game to win you a game? Um, that I think we've seen Garoppolo make it point sometimes. Um, and I don't know if you have confidence that Brissett's going to make him. And again, I don't, this is not a rip Jacoby Brissett. It's just the draft, LeBron signed him to be a backup. Can he start for 11 games and win you six of them?
1: All right. Before we go to rapid fire and finish this thing out, uh, anything else on the
0: Watson scenario and uh, all of that? No, I guess the last point I would make is I do think, you know, and I've read a couple of things. Um, it probably bears watching given his, given this innocent stance we talked about. Um, Is he willing to, and he said he would because he signed the settlement, Um, but how willing will he be to go through the behavioral evaluation in the treatment that would follow? Um, Because that's part of the settlement, right? Like his coming back in week 13 um, is contingent on that. So. I would fully expect him to do that because he knows that's part of it and he knows that's the only road back to playing. Um, But it'll be interesting given how we – given how we talked yesterday.
1: All right, let's go rapid fire. 20 seconds for each answer, Scott, and I'll buzz you if if you don't stop. All right, because you you got some work to do here, man. You got to get back. You got to get out to Berea. So um, 20 seconds and – we're going to go uh, – is that cool with you? Can you make yep. that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. All right. A little rapid fire. Uh, number one – and I had a whole list of things to talk about with you, and maybe one day we'll get to those things. Yeah, <laughs> all, right, you all right, but number one, 20 seconds. Boy, you arrest all your starters, and then you lose your center for the year. I mean, what a blow that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 big. Um, obviously, they have some faith in Ethan Posick, who's the backup. I would go get J.C. Trotter. I don't, it doesn't seem like they're inclined to do that. Maybe that changes week two. You know, there's contract rules about veterans being on the team week one versus week two. But again, we're talking about building this roster up. JC Treader would improve this team. All right.
1: Good job. 21 seconds. Miles
0: Garrett, everything okay there? He's dealing with a family issue. Yeah, it's a family issue. One of his family members is really sick. Um, But he's due back soon. It's not, I don't think it's anything to worry about except. From a personal level, it's really tough for miles to go through. Joint practice with the Eagles from what you saw yesterday. uh, How'd everything go? Yeah, it's interesting. You could see kind of both fields where standing. You can't, you know, watch every play on each field. But a couple interceptions. Jacob Phillips, the middle linebacker, made a really nice interception. He dropped deep in coverage. He showed his range and speed. It was a really nice play. Um, The tight end showed up for the Browns. And Anthony Schwartz has had a bounce back from that terrible two drops in Jacksonville. He's had some good practices, including a long catch yesterday. Jerome Ford, real deal? Yes, he is, Chud. Um, Now, I'm not calling him Nick Chubb, but he showed up in training camp, showed up in the preseason, and continues to show up in training camp. Had a really nice cut yesterday in 11-on-11s. I like him, which means um, we could see Dearness Johnson get traded. Okay, and finally, what are you looking for? Sunday at 1, Browns,
1: Eagles, preseason game number 2.
0: Yeah. I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about it because all this other stuff, but I'll tell you this, it's going to be a lot of Josh Dobbs and Josh Rosen. So to me, it's going to be a some level of rehearsal or audition to see if either one of those guys can serve as that backup for those at first 11 games, or do the Browns have to go get somebody? And I'm not saying necessarily Jimmy Garoppolo or Cam Newton, but do they need to go get someone with starting experience because they don't trust – Dobbs or Rosen is the number two and I think that's a, those are legitimate questions and I know it's only preseason but each let's say each one plays a half I think you'll get a better a better reading after that all right nicely done and also I wanted to retract something I said before they,
1: they end the year with the division opponent not the last two games because they play Washington second right, last right. game so you always end with the division opponent so I uh, just thought of that now so nicely done there on rapid
0: fire that's it for me unless you got anything I'm done I don't. Thank you, Chud. I appreciate the time as always. Um, Plenty to talk about. And yeah, we'll do this again next week because I I do want to talk about that Amari Cooper interview at some point. Um, We talked 53-man roster because that's going to be coming before you know it. The cutdowns August 30th. um, And I'm sure there'll be plenty more to discuss. So thank you, Chud. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast. And you can read all my work at brownszone.com. Thanks.